BYU loses its eighth straight game to the University of Utah. The final from Salt Lake City tonight, 35-27. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you if you'd like to chime in on the program. At JSN Shep is my Twitter handle. If you'd like to chime in, that's how you can do it. BYU had a 20-point lead at halftime. It was 20 to nothing from that point on. In the second half, it was a 35-7 to run by Utah. And as we mentioned, they have now won eight straight games in this rivalry. This is certainly a tough one for BYU to take. Mark and Greg were talking about it during the broadcast. Certainly, you never win a game at halftime, but BYU had certainly put itself in a a great position to be able to snap what at that point was a seven-game losing streak to Utah, but some uh, some unfortunate mistakes uh, cropped up, and, and BYU was just not able to recover. Uh, the pick six, certainly a big play, but the defense just could not get a stop in that second half, and credit Utah because the offense got rolling and they were very efficient in the second half and they uh, they just, BYU could not stop them. And uh, Utah gets the win, BYU, their record now 6-6 six and six on the season. We do know they're bowl eligible, that obviously happened last week. We'll now wait for all of these other playoffs and games to be played out. We'll find out where BYU will be going for their bowl game, uh, probably in another week or so at the very least. So that's kind of where BYU sits now. Certainly a disappointing loss and a disappointing way to end the season. But that's uh, that's the way that the uh, it's the way the game finished. Thirty five twenty seven is the final score. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll hit some scores. Also, uh, we'll be chiming in to the uh, BYU locker room, hoping to hear from head coach Kalani Satake and some of the players coming up uh, within the next couple of segments as well. Thirty five twenty seven, the final score. Utah defeats BYU. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live coming up next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to our BYU Radio Studios in Provo. The Cougars lose in Salt Lake City to 17th-ranked Utah. 35-27 is the final score. It's now eight in a row that BYU has lost in the rivalry game. Again, hoping to hear from players and coaches uh, coming up in just a few minutes. In the meantime, let's let you know what's happening in other top 25 action. Believe it or not, at 1138 Mountain Time, there is still another game going on in the top 25, and it's a pretty good one. Close game between Boise State and Utah State. The Broncos, 23rd in the country. They have a 26-24 to lead. Utah State just scored a touchdown. So uh, the, uh, the Aggies down two. Again, 26-24. There's three 12 to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll uh, update you on that if it becomes a final while I'm on the air. Certainly, uh, I would imagine uh, Greg and the guys will let you know once that becomes a final if uh, if that goes on a little bit later on. Everything else in the top 25 is a final. We will start at the top. Number one, Alabama defeats Auburn 52-21. to Second-ranked Clemson defeating South Carolina 56-35. to Number three, Notre Dame on the road at USC. The Trojans had a 10-0 lead from that point on. Notre Dame outscored the Trojans 24-7. 24-17 is the final score. Notre Dame Name. Right now, twelve and zero, finishing the season, and uh, USC dropping to five and seven overall. 
The big game between Ohio State and Michigan today, just like most of the other games between these two teams, goes to the Buckeyes. 10th-ranked Ohio State defeats 4th-ranked Michigan 62-39. The final score from Columbus. Number 5, Georgia defeats Georgia Tech 45-21. This score is just crazy. You look at these numbers, it just, it doesn't, this is like video game type stuff. Number 22, Texas A&M taking on number 7, LSU. 74-72. You heard me right. 74-72. Texas A&M upset 7th ranked LSU. Now this game did go into 7 overtimes. Seven overtimes is absolutely crazy, but Texas A&M outlasts the Tigers 74-72. Just an absolutely crazy game going to seven OTs. Florida State hosting number 11 Florida Gators, defeating the Seminoles 41-14 in Tallahassee. Number 12 Penn State defeats Maryland 38-3. Before we get to more scores, back up to Salt Lake City, the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, talking to the media. Just couldn't finish the deal, and our, our guys, I mean, I'm really proud of the way our players played. We just, as a team in all three phases, uh, made too many mistakes, especially against a great team like that, like Utah has, and that's why they won the Pac-12 South, and that's why they have a chance to, to win the Pac-12 next week, and you can't make those mistakes and, and expect to uh, walk away with a win. So, uh, but although I'm pretty proud of the way they played, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we a lot of energy. Even towards the end, our guys just kept believing, kept trying to play. And I give credit to Utah and the way they, they came back and, and won that game. And as frustrating as, it is, as this game is, uh, I, I believe we have some really good players. And um, my job is to make sure that they can play their best uh, for a full 60 minutes. And that's going to be the goal. We have a bowl game to get ready for. Um, you know, I asked our guys to empty the tank. I think they did. But... Uh, We'll we'll rest from this and prepare, find out what bowl game we go to next week, and uh, hopefully by then, and then we'll just uh, start preparing and utilize all the time that we can. Um, I believe our teams are really close. I mean, this has made us a closer team, and uh, we just got to keep building on it. It, As hard as it and as difficult as it is right now to accept the the outcome of this game, uh, my job is to stay positive and try to build on it. And um, and I get another shot at, at, at Utah next year. We play them first game of the year, so we'll be preparing for that one. So, any questions? I mean, we knew they were going to they're going to try to establish a run, try to get something going that way. But I think the you know you can't have a pick six, and and uh, you know, the turnovers cost us uh, cost us in that one. And I think if you look at a lot of different things, they're not just a Pointing at one person, I mean, we have a lot of young guys that made some plays. Zach made some great plays, and uh, that was just a bad read, you know. But they made a great play, jumped the ball, and I, I can't remember who got the, the pick, but had a good job returning the ball. And that's that's a great defense. I thought we had some good things, had some good, uh, you know, had some good drives, and were able to get some scoring on on the field. But um, we just need to find a way, and you know, with that extra, missed extra point early on the first touchdown, obviously cost us a little bit, but. Uh, I really feel like um, this is a team that's going to make a comeback, you know, and make it interesting. We just need to find a way to, to end it, and we couldn't do that. And and I I, I don't want to sit there and say like, oh, well, we we failed to do all this stuff. Utah's a great team. They 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 are they're ranked, and like I said, they won the Pac-12 South. So um, we just made too too many mistakes, and that's my job. I'm the head coach. I got to figure it out and make sure that we uh, play full 60 minutes and get a, a win in this rivalry game next year. 
How do you feel that handled his emotions first time playing in that? Yeah, he was great. I mean, I I think looking at him, he had he had good poise, and I thought for what he saw on the field, he he did some really good things. There's there's mistakes to go all around, you know, but for a true freshman to play like he did. Um, in this type of environment, I thought he really stepped up and did some really good things. So, handled some pressure. I mean, that's a really good D line that came after us, and I thought he made some guys miss and did some things with his legs, but had some good reads and then had had some bad ones too. That's part of the aim. But yeah, I was pleased with him. Why did you seem to get so conservative on offense in the fourth quarter? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think when we were backed up, uh, we felt really good with our defense the way we were playing. You know, I, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if, if uh, it was all conservative because they stopped us. I think they they had some good defensive stand uh, 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 plays and, and and held us. So it's not like we just stopped throwing the ball and all that stuff. We we actually tried to be smart with the ball and and we we failed to punt the ball down the field. We had some bad punts, but so did they. You know, it's just a when it's when it's a close game and this type of type of uh, scenarios, it comes down to little things and, and guys making plays and. That's in all three phases, and that's that we didn't make enough to win this game. Is it too early to tell how Isaiah or uh, Hadley is doing with the injuries? Yeah, I thought, I thought the injuries really hurt us, you know. But um, I mean, Isaiah specifically, he he was doing such a great job, especially when they're they're using the back out of the backfield and they're putting Britt Covey back there quite a bit and using the receivers in the backfield, and he was doing a great job covering the wheel routes and the deep routes and. We had to go to some young guys, and, and um, you know, on that one, the big gain on the, towards the end of the game, I think it was the one that they went up by one on that drive. Um, it was just a, a mistake. And so, um, and we had some young guys playing on the field. You know, we, we, we had to test our depth in this game and at running back and also other positions, but, you know, this, this will be a learning experience for them. You know, just to, to, we can't make mistakes and, and, you know, make them earn it, and and so we gave them a really cheap free play. That one I can say we weren't lined up correctly, and we didn't have the right right assignment. But um, the guys played hard, and the effort was there. Just just sucks right now. <laughs> the injuries at running back did that hurt your momentum uh, on offense there in the late third fourth quarter? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I the game is just just ended, so I can't remember exactly when Matt got hurt and all the other things. But I mean. You know, we, we had Lopini um, that got injured and wasn't able to play. And so, um, you know, Squally not being able to play. But that's part of the deal, man. The next guy's got to get, you know, got to show up and play and, and, and um, find a way to make it work. And, um, you know, we had to go to Riley and, and, and uh, use Braden Elbakri there. But um, we'll see how we, go, how we do coming out of the, uh, the injuries. We had some other guys go down. Corbin's just a, a fighter. And he's a tough kid, and um, I think it's safe to say that his his career's done now. We're gonna um, hold him off because he's got a future to think about, and so he won't be playing the bowl game. I'm pretty sure this time, you know, that one. That, after we looked at it, he he just, uh, you know, after getting a, a few more opinions, he, they said he couldn't hurt hurt uh, his ankle anymore, and so. It would just be a pain type of deal like he had played earlier, and he's a tough kid to, to do that and sacrifice himself for the, for the team. We held off the, the surgery for later, so he'll do that next week, but he'll, he'll be out of the bowl game. Is this game typically harder to get over either way, whether you win or lose? Is it harder to move on than any other game? No, we have to. I mean, so we, we have to. 
it, it hurts. It's supposed to hurt, you know. And, and um, but uh, we got we got we have another game to prepare for. So um, we're going to learn as much as we can from this. And I think it's supposed to hurt, so you can remember it. And and luckily we get this game again early next year. So um, we just have to do it for the, for that time. I mean, it's uh, it's unfortunate for the seniors. You know, we really wanted this for the players and for our fans, but. Um, they don't have to wait less than a year, though. So we'll be we'll be ready for the next one. But more than anything, we got to build for the next game and build for the bowl game. It's important to the program. It's important, to, especially to our youth and our depth for our guests. So we'll utilize all the, all the time we can to, in the bowl prep. <clears throat> what did you say to the guys after the loss? I mean, they were ahead and then they losing. What was the message just here? I just told them I was proud of them, how hard they played. Um, so we'll f- we'll f- figure out a way to to learn from this and it's supposed to hurt and it's okay but I asked them to um, when they leave the locker room to go in and and smile with their families and, and let them know how much they appreciate their support and, and be positive with their families and and then we'll, we'll feel bad about this when we get back to work next week and, and learn from it but um, I think it's important for them to show gratitude to everyone uh, for the support that they, they received and I was really proud of our fans that made it out and I know we had a lot of fans cheering at home and watching it on TV. So, um, you know, our players are hurting, but it's okay, and, and we'll just move on and, and learn from it and get better. Any other questions? I I don't know. I'd have to look at it a little bit more. I, I think we they tested our depth a little bit, but they made start make some plays. They started trying to establish the run game a little bit more. And, um, you know, we, we just had to make tackles. And, and towards the end, our guys kind of got – Little winded and and um, and to be honest with you, a team like that they've shown that they can they can gain a lot of yards and score a lot of points. They've done it already in the past, even with a backup quarterback and backup running back. They've shown the effectiveness that they have on the field. Um, the the problem that we had is that is that um, I think if you look at the short fields and the uh, there's a lot of factors that went into it. You have to make them earn it, you know and. Um, we had some opportunities on fourth down and third downs to get out of it, and uh, we'll just have to go back and plan for it next time. I mean, um, but I don't want to use excuses. We just have to test our depth. Everybody's got guys that are that are stepping up, and, and um, we may have to go into our our three or four deep at some positions. And we did that tonight. But the guys worked hard and they played hard. And, and as coaches, we just need to keep putting our guys in better position to have success, especially when the young guys come in and the depth is tested. Well, it's kind of the test of just getting the the one yard. You know, they made the play, we didn't, and and um, you know, would you rather us throw the ball and for incomplete? I mean, that, we felt that was going to be the best chance for us getting the first down. Um, we felt good about getting moving the, the line of scrimmage. I thought we did that. We've shown it a little bit here and there, but uh, we knew they were going to be aggressive. But I, I thought that I have to look it on film. You know, I, we should be able to get the one yard. We went for it on fourth down and, and got it at the goal line. So that's just that was pretty aggressive too. Last question. Anything? All right, thanks, coach. Thanks, guys. All right, that puts the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, after tonight's 35-27 
Utah win over BYU. And listening to those comments, a couple of things stood out. Certainly said losses like this are supposed to hurt. You know, you obviously go into this, you plan, you prepare, you're trying to win, and losing hurts. He says, and that's okay. He said the team just could not overcome that many mistakes. And he says it's not about pointing fingers individually. He says as a team, they just made too many mistakes, and unfortunately, they come out on the losing end now eight in a row to the University of Utah. He also said it's time to move on. You know, BYU does have another opportunity to prepare for another game. They'll probably have to wait at least a week to find out what bowl they're going to and who the opponent will be, but he's looking forward to being able to build off of this and, uh, and getting ready for another game. Let's head back to Rice Eccles Stadium. Corbin Kafusi talking to the media. You know, they, they wanted me to get surgery last week, and but it was one, they said if you can tolerate the pain and all that, then you can do it. And I just wanted to give back to this team. You know, I love these guys. And that's what playing football is all about, the love of the team, the love of the game. And I knew I had more to give. Kalani said there was no chance you could hurt it worse. Was that kind of all you needed to hear? Yeah, basically. They're like, can't hurt it worse. So, you know, if, as long as you don't mind being taped up like crazy and got like a metal brace on there, then... Do what you can. Did it limit you at all? Did you feel all right playing? No, I felt pretty good playing. There were some times where, you know, it got tweaked a little bit. And so, you know, just kind of lose all strength in it. But it, luckily it came back, so it was okay. Corbin, you had him shut down for pretty much three, four quarters. What changed in that fourth quarter? You know, I think for us it was just uh, there's just little things on the defense, some assignment mistakes. And because of that, it kind of cost us big. There's some third downs where we could have gotten out of it, but, you know, they, they just they got the play. They made the play, and so that was hard for us. And we didn't react as well as I hope we would have. Now you seem to have it not balanced offensively in the first three quarters. How did you do that, and then what changed to where it was harder to try to get that ball um, I think we just, our game plan, we decided coming in that we'd flex out the tight ends a little bit more, give us chances to throw the ball downfield to us because um, we just thought that there would be a mismatch with when they put the safeties out on us or if a corner is bigger than the corners and usually bigger than safeties too. So just gives us a chance to go up and uh, make a play. And, I mean, they made adjustments throughout the game, different coverages. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun to get out there and try to make plays for our team. But, um, I don't know, there's just things we needed to do, myself included, that... On offense, we needed to execute better. We needed to make plays to to control the lead that we had and control the game, and we let it slip through our hands. And yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. Just there's things that kind of make you mad. I mean, on that fourth down, I didn't. I don't know if there was a little lane that I could have dove a little bit uh, more. I don't know how close I was, but it just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth just to give us one more chance to throw it downfield and. Too bad we uh, couldn't get that. Now, what was different about the start tonight versus the last couple of weeks? Because we've talked to you guys so much about needing that fast start. What what kind of change? What was different that they were working early? I just think the energy. We had them on offense. We kind of had the defense not really knowing where to, where to line up, what to exactly do with the things that we were trying to do. So we, we came out with energy. We came out with fight. And... We were playing hard-nosed football. We were getting a push on the offensive line. Uh, we just didn't keep that up in the third and fourth quarter. We got kind of, I don't know, we uh, we just couldn't get the push that we had uh, coming out of halftime. I mean, that, that pick six, uh, 
we we could easily could have bounced back from that, but that kind of took some energy out of a out of the sideline. But um, we just we just need to learn how to control the lead and bounce back from that. How do you assess Zach's performance tonight? Uh, I'd say he's a fighter. I mean, he went out, did his job, did all that he could, made plays uh, when he should have been sacked and things like that. They're a really good defense. Um, so yeah, I'm proud of him. He's a he's a young guy. He's put in a tough tough atmosphere here. So, so I'm proud of him. I mean, all of us will learn how to. We learn from experiences like this. We learn how, I mean, in life, it's the exact same thing. It's just one of those one of those experiences that will make us stronger in the future. And it stinks we couldn't help out the seniors um, finish out finish out beating Utah. But um, we have a bowl game to look forward to, and Utah first game of next season. So keep that bad taste in our mouths and show it. To, uh, to show out that first game. Part of your coach has said that you're done. Uh, you won't be playing the whole game because you get, get, get that surgery and get taken care of. So what did it mean to talk to the boys after that? I know tough after a loss, but knowing this is the last time, it sounds like you're going to take the in that sense. You know, it was it's weird because uh, I'm not, like it hurts, but I'm just so happy that I got to play because last week I thought I was done. And then just to be able to come out and play with these guys that I love so much, I was just happy, man. And so just just to hold them one more time and say, hey, thanks for thanks for riding with me to the end because, you know, we just go to the wheels fall off, and that's all I cared about. Have you decided which of the three surgeries you'll have first? <laughs> Probably the ankle first. And then, you know, once I'm pretty good on my scooter, I guess we'll get the, the tricep and the pinky done. <laughs> but... Yeah, probably in that order. Any other questions for these two? All right, that was uh, tight end Matt Bushman and defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi, and just got to give a uh, got to give a shout out to Corbin Kafusi. I think every BYU fan should feel proud that that young man played for BYU. What a courageous! And an unbelievable teammate he was to come out and play in that situation. As, you, as he mentioned, he thought last week was it. Like He thought he was done. But he wanted to be able to have this experience with his teammates. And uh, boy, man, tip of the cap to Corbin Kafusi. He, uh, he was an absolute stud tonight. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. We'll have some more interviews on the other side. BYU falls to Utah 35-27. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. BYU falls at Utah 35-27. I think we're going to give the rest of the uh, player interviews to the Cougar Locker Room Show. Before we do that, though, it is a final from Boise. Number 23, Boise State defeats number 21, Utah State, by a final of 33-24. That is going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. Your final from Salt Lake City. 35-27, Utah over BYU. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. The Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Cougar Locker Room Show heads down to the locker room. Wide receiver Micah Simon still talking with reporters tonight. Let's hear from Micah. Um, and just and just applies those different things, man. He, you know, he's he's got a really bright future ahead of him, and uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited for him. Talk about using these losses. I mean, had three close losses recently. How big is it for the young guys to take those and use those as kind of driving? Get the bowl game left. Just as they're working to get better, to remember, hey, we were close. We just got to get elevate one more level to win these types of games. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think first, it is it is good to use this as momentum, as you know, into this bowl game. You know, we want to finish out the season on the right way. You know, last year, you know, we. Uh, you know, we're able to to finish our season out on a win, but obviously it was not the season we were we were expecting to have. So, to be able to improve from last year to this year and be in a bowl game and uh, to go out there and win that would be great. Um, and then I think just with with this BYU Utah rivalry, it's great for the for the young guys to kind of get their first taste of it. Um, you know, they'll they'll have it for the next you know four years, and uh, it's it's great to see a lot of young guys you know play play tonight in it and and, and play well. So. Um, Looking forward to you know those guys. Any other questions for Micah? Thanks, Micah. Appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll hear from Sione Taki Taki next as we continue on the Cougar Locker Room Show. BYU falls to Utah 35-27 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU falls to Utah 35-27. Sione Taki Taki talking to reporters outside the BYU locker room. And they attacked the boundary again, and we're doing really well. Yeah, how is Isaiah doing? Is he okay? Yeah, um, a little twisted ankle, but I think he's going to be fine. See, when you look at Corbin and what he went through just for play, playing on one leg, pretty much three different injuries, like being called out, what does that kind of do for you guys as a defense, seeing that a gutsy effort like that? Yeah, Corbin's a, is a big asset to, to our defense, and so... You know, when he said he was going to suit up and play, you know, that kind of get us, you know, all hyped up. And and um, even though we know his situation, he he's still, you know, willing to come out there and, and play with us in this big game and um, give it his all. And like you said, he's playing with one leg. He's he's a fighter. You know, that's somebody I'm, you know, I'm cherish and remember forever. You know, he, he he's a he's a fighter. He's a fight to end. What's your message to the young guys? I mean, this is a big game. You just talked about how it's the biggest game of the year. You know, this is one that's really want to play well, and they did, but not enough. So what do you, what do you want to see from them as they kind of take this and build up? Yeah, we're, um, there's a lot of young talent. Um, I'm a senior. I'm leaving, but I feel comfortable, you know, with all, with all the young talent that we have, offense, defense. And so it's good for them to, 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 to see it really early in their career and so they can learn from these things. And so when they get in situations like this, they can – you know, fight to the end and, 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 and win. And so it's a big lesson for them. Big, big lesson for them. For, for us too, seniors, us seniors too, you know. Anything else? All right, thanks, Yonah. All right, that's Yonah Taki We'll continue with the Cougar Locker Room Show from Rice Stadium. We're brought to you in part by Provo Land Title Company. Title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. More from Salt Lake next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
All right, so welcome back to Rice-Eccles Stadium here in Salt Lake City where Utah defeats BYU by a final score of 35-27, a 20-point lead for BYU evaporates in the second half. It was a 20-point lead late in the third quarter that went away as Utah outscored BYU 28-0 after the Cougars took a 27-7 lead with five minutes and change to go in quarter number three. We hope to be hearing from offensive lineman Austin Hoyt uh, momentarily down in the locker room area. When we uh, have Austin, we'll uh, pop him on the headset and uh, bring him to you. We'll also hear from Utah head coach uh, Kyle Whittingham coming up uh, shortly as well. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons with you along with Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch down in the Cougar locker room area. We'll be hearing from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake with Mark and me coming up shortly as well. And this really was, Mark, it's, uh, it's cliche, but it really did turn out this way. It was truly and literally a tale of two halves. Yeah, absolutely. And Man, uh, and it's so different, I think, than most of the BYU games. You mentioned uh, the Beck to Harleen was similar in that BYU got an early start. They certainly played better than uh, Utah in the first half. And then all of a sudden, second half, Utah is just roaring back and uh, takes the lead late in the game. But in that game, BYU was able to put that final drive together and uh, end up winning the thing. But uh, very similar in regards, and, and that's the only one I can um, uh, come close to, uh, saying it was kind of a two-half game, first BYU, then Utah. The way this game flipped in the second half was really stark, and and even though the final margin was eight points, uh, the, the, the pick six, when it came, uh, just changed yeah. everything. BYU was leading 20 to nothing at the time. And Utah's offense hadn't scored. Utah's offense was having a tough time getting into scoring position yeah. when BYU gifts them a touchdown. And here in Rice Cycles, BYU just doesn't throw picks. They throw pick sixes. <laughs> it's now happened in their last two games. And, and in one score decisions, it's the ball game. And it was last time, and you could argue it was again here tonight. And so it was it was the, the, the pick thrown when it was, leading 20 to nothing, that really turned the game. BYU still did answer. They did score 27. They did. They, 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 that, they go up 27 to 7 on the, on the short field. So it looked like they were going to stay right. in the fight. So, again, 20 points with five minutes to go in the third. You feel pretty good about things. BYU but, just hasn't lost those kinds of games, that, and it, it happened tonight. I do think that uh, it, Utah couldn't match BYU's energy in the first half. BYU got on top of them and took charge. And BYU couldn't match the energy of Utah after that pick. Uh, Utah got going and thought things were great, and BYU couldn't get their energy level up to match Utah's. And those two factors, I think, uh, were significant in the way that the final outcome was, you know, it turned out. BYU ends up uh, outgaining Utah in this one by about uh, 60 yards, uh, 357 to 296, but uh, the gap was much greater and narrowed very quickly. And, Mark, there was a point in the game. It wasn't that BYU could do nothing about it, but clearly uh, once Utah gained momentum, uh, they weren't losing it. They, they were, were just rolling. Them. Yeah, they, they they ran the ball well straight up, you know, and then all of a sudden they were throwing those little wideouts and uh, those guys were picking up first downs every time they needed them. Uh, throwing the passes right to the sticks, then finally uh, threw a deep one here and there, got a back behind everybody. You know, just uh, the the fact that they came out and had fun in the second half playing football uh, was the big difference. And BYU, I think you were right, Greg. I think BYU got a little tight, a little worried about what was coming up and anticipated the possibility of what could occur. What occurred tonight was Utah coming back from down 20 to win at 35 to 27. It is interesting how uh, the flip-flop from first half to second half. BYU with 13 first downs in the first half to Utah's four. 
In the second half, it's Utah's 14 first downs to BYU's four. It, it really just completely flipped on its side. And uh, by the end of it, uh, BYU was left with time and, uh, and, yeah. and a chance to come down and do something, and it just didn't, didn't work out. And, and ultimately, on a night when it was so hard to get one yard, BYU ends up one yard shy of moving the chains on that fourth and seven to end the game. Yeah, They, right. needed, they needed the Max Hall play. And really That's was. Yes, <laughs> truly. Uh, and, and ultimately, BYU, which had not struggled that mightily to gain a single yard, couldn't get it done on third uh, and one tonight multiple times, and it kind of did the Cougars in. You gain third and one, and that's another how many more minutes off the clock and chance to get closer to the end zone. And these little things don't become so little by the end of it. Mark. And you stop fourth and one and fourth and two that Utah made, and their final two drives, the yeah. second to last two drives, you stop them at midfield out there, and all of a sudden you've got the short field and you've made the change and you got it going. They stopped BYU on fourth down, but you to BYU couldn't. That, I thought that was the opportunity. You have to think of that as the opportunity for the defense to make a play and turn the game back in your favor. We'll call them the hard yards. Utah got them. BYU did not. Yeah. We'll come back and head to the locker room for more coverage after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Utah 35, BYU 27, our final score. BYU offensive lineman Austin Hoyt is joining us from the Cougar locker room area. He's senior uh, playing his second, uh, his last regular season game, his second to last game. BYU will have a postseason appointment somewhere. We shall find out where that is uh, next weekend. Austin, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. All right, uh, so 20-point lead, 27-7. BYU has responded well to the pick six. You come back and score to make it a 20-point lead again. Uh, your thoughts and the vibe of the team at that point relative to the chances to kind of hang on and win this thing. What do you think? Oh, I think the team was extremely excited. I'm, <laughs> we haven't felt that much energy on the sideline for a long time, and just everyone's belief and determination at that point was awesome. Well, uh, the defense uh, for Utah is really solid, and you guys really worked them over in the first half. Uh, what do you think was the cause of your success, just your preparation? Yeah, I think a big focus for us coming out of the gate was just starting fast and being able to be physical and really change the line to scrimmage. And I feel like we were able to do that really well, especially in the first half. And everyone was just really confident and coming out and were able to start fast, which I think was really important for us. Yeah, Zach Wilson was playing his first rivalry game as a true freshman. How would you say the youngster um, took care of things back there? I think he did a great job. I think he always communicated the play to us. He never seemed frazzled or lost. He was just confident back there, and I thought he carried himself very well. I would say the pick six was deflating, but then again, BYU did answer it and scored to go back up 20 again, so you guys recovered from it. We did, yeah. Yeah, we just came to the sideline, and the just general feeling of the offense is like, it's okay, that, that plays over, let's go out and get a score next drive. People talk all the time about the noise that uh, Utah Stadium, did you think that uh, it was exceptional today? Was it different than <laughs> other stadiums? Uh, it, it, actually, it actually is really exceptional. There's a few times I had to look at the ball because I couldn't hear anything. Oh, really? <laughs> and so I think that's something always unique about playing here at Utah is just the noise, and the crowd does a great job of just making it loud. You're an optimistic fellow. You have a happy outlook on life, and, and you're always smiling, and, and we can even hear a laugh in your voice. But uh, there's got to be some pain there with the way that BYU loses tonight. Uh, what's the best way to think about what happened out there tonight? I think for me, just, yeah, it is, it is hard to be able to, to, to lose to Utah. But for me, no matter who I play and what happens in a game, I always just take what I can learn from the situation and just move forward. I, 
don't really dwell a lot on things that happened in the past and feel like I've been able to learn how to just learn from games I've played and been able to move forward really well. What do you think you've learned most about this team through 12 games and what do you hope to see in, in game number 13? I think this team is just persistent. We, everyone just is always trying to fight. Everyone's always trying to keep working hard no matter how the situations go and the games we've played in. And I think the bowl game, you're going to see a a great BYU team that shows up and is ready to play and hungry for another win. Austin, uh, the penalty situation tonight was pretty interesting in that uh, BYU had three and Utah only had one. Do you think the referees were just letting you guys play tonight? Were you pretty free to do what you wanted to do? Or or do you think everybody played pretty clean? Uh, I think the refs were letting people play. I probably had a few holding calls (laughs) that (laughs) might have been called, but... Uh, no, I think that's something I really enjoy when the refs just let us play and let everyone just go after it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was what happened tonight. By the time BYU got to the end of the game, Austin, uh, you're, you're running with basically your number four running back. If you want to look at a depth chart from a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. it's been tough back there. You've been dropping guys uh, every week. Yeah, no, I think um, as unfortunate as this, the injuries that we've had so far, I thought the guys who – have stepped up, and a lot of guys stepped up during practice and stepped up in the game tonight. I think Riley Burt was one of them. He's been doing a great job and working really hard, and no no matter what the situation is going forward, we're going to just do the best with whoever's back there, and we'll know that they'll they'll bring their best effort each game. You're coming to the end here of your BYU career, but the other starting offensive linemen tonight were redshirt freshman, sophomore, redshirt freshman, sophomore. Would you say the future is bright for the front five? Oh, yeah. Yeah, once I get the me the old guy out of there they're gonna (laughs) just keep doing great I think those four guys are awesome just the way they work and how consistently they play even though they're so young I think James Empey especially he does a great job making sure we all know where we're going the right way and I love being able to play next to tree the whole season and then Brady's just awesome and Kiefer is doing well also. He's going to have a really bright future moving forward. Austin, thank you for the time. Congratulations on the season and the career, and best of luck in the bowl game. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Appreciate Good it. Good job. All right, head coach Kalani Sitake next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Play it, and uh, they got us. And then, But it worked out so we can get the ball and, and have another shot at it, and unfortunately it didn't work. Kalani, your thoughts on BYU going two for six on third and two or shorter tonight? Yeah, really frustrating. Um, that, that's... That, that's we should be better than that, you know, but um, I think Utah is a, a stout defense up front, and uh, we need to really uh, restructure things so that we can just have success. I, I don't care what it takes to get the first down, just do it. It doesn't really matter what the play is. We just need to be more effective, and that's, that's uh, frustrating because those, those, that's pretty much a big part of our, our, um, our game on offense. We, we have to be able to get those third, third shorts. I'm going to wrap with you here in a second here, Kalani, but, and it never comes down to one play, but there was a point early in the fourth quarter when Utah's got momentum a little bit, and you run on a third and nine, and if, they, if you bust it, it's a great play, but was there a message being sent there when, when you ran on third and nine that maybe you were a little bit nervous about how the offense is going and we just want to get rid of the ball? How do you feel about that? No, we we thought that maybe they would we we, we could pop it through if they were expe- weren't expecting a run. They're they're gonna do a pa- uh, some type of uh, a, a pass a blitz that they I, I've known they do, they do they they do on third and long. Okay, and trying to pop it through, but at the same time we felt like we can rally the defense and be okay. We just didn't get yeah. a good punt on that, you know. Yeah. And, um, I believe after that play, and and, and it's just you know we felt like we're playing well defensively. We just need we just didn't 
weren't able to get it done. And then that's a frustrating part. But, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think it helped having guys go down. But um, scheme-wise, we, we, we felt really good about it. We just need to uh, play a lot cleaner and make sure that the young guys um, step up. Coach, what happens now? Uh, the season ends. Do you have meetings next, next week or you get ready to uh, figure out your practice schedule for a bowl game? What happens now? Yeah, I guess we have to wait and see. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll um, think about it and have something, a plan on Monday. But um, with, with the bowl games, it could, whether it's early or later, I have no idea. And, and I don't know if we'll we even know until later in the week, next week. But um, I think we got to keep our guys fresh. Well, we'll we'll get this game and and, and um, you know learn from it. We'll watch the film and 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 um, and try to fix the mistake the mistakes and then make sure that in this bowl game we can have an opportunity to play full sixty minutes and then try to complete the game. Finally, Kalani, how does six and six feel now that you're waiting for your next assignment here? Well, right now it doesn't feel good, but I'm glad that we're going to a bowl game and get to extend the season because I think our program needs it. And um, But uh, more than anything, just proud of the way the guys play, how hard they play, and, and really thankful to all of our fans and the support that we get. And I just hope uh, the fans know how much we love them and uh, how frustrated I am that, that you know I wasn't able to get this done for them. But um, really looking forward to, to building off of this and, and making sure that our our team's going to be a lot better, and looking forward to the bowl game, and uh, and hopefully this thing can springboard us into 2019. Appreciate your time as always, Kalani. We'll talk to you as we get ready for yep. the postseason. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Kalani Sitake. We will come back with uh, Kyle Whittingham and Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by tweeting your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Utah outscores BYU 28-0 over the final 20 minutes of this game and comes away with a 35-27 win. Eight consecutive rivalry wins for the Utes. And uh, BYU falls to 6-6. Six and six. The Utes go to 9-3. and three. They get ready for Santa Clara and the Pac-12 title game next Friday night. BYU awaits a bowl destination. We will now hear from Kyle Whittingham, head coach of the Utes. His team defeats the Cougars by eight. And here's what he had to say a short time ago here at Rice Cycle Stadium. Another uh, rivalry game for the... Uh you know, for the books, I mean, what 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 would you expect different in this game? It's just been so many times, uh, so many different storylines, but the the constant is uh, usually a great game. And so, couldn't be more proud of our guys and our coaches were hanging in there. It didn't look good at halftime. You know, we got uh, thoroughly uh, outplayed in the first half, and uh, came out in that second half and uh, really with a lot of purpose, a lot of desire, a lot of determination. And uh, obviously, you know, 35 second half points was enough to get it done. Uh, credit Kalani and his guys. He had them ready. Uh, they played exceptionally well. Uh, they're a good football team and <clears throat> and uh, gave us everything that we could possibly handle. And, and uh, we're fortunate to come out with a win. Uh, Jason Shelley, you know, another game where, uh, you know, just his third start, ton of poise ton of uh, confidence um he's just such a uh, uh you know just a a uh, cool customer i mean he is you know nothing bothers him he's he's uh he's uh you know no situation no stage is too big no uh 
you know, so he just keeps us calm and does a, does a great job. Uh, defense rose up there in the second half, did a nice job, uh, just allowed the one score. What's that, Jamie? Oh, okay. Anyway, I've rambled enough. What, what questions do you have? What was the message at halftime? Uh, the message at halftime was, uh, you're going to be, you know, willing to get pushed around again the second half like that and, and, uh, kind of sleepwalk through the whole thing. Are you going to, uh, you know, start playing and, and play like we're capable of and, and, uh, get back in this thing. So that was the short version, short and less colorful version. Was, was, uh, Jillian's, uh, pick six, was that really the turning point that kind of... Well, I thought it was going to be, and then we stalled a little bit again, so uh, and and went back down by 20, and so, but that certainly contributed to the win, but but uh, we didn't really capitalize on that as much as I wish we would have, but uh, it did get us a little spark. Where, where did the, the ultimate spark come from, you feel like? I just think it was, it was kind of a, a collective thing between the O and the D, special teams, everything started coming together, and we got momentum, and uh, everything, every all, all three phases started playing better. You've got Washington for the Pac-12 title in six days. Do you think the team might have been looking ahead a little bit to that? I hope not. If they were, then that's my fault. Uh, I didn't sense that in practice or in the preparation. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, the rivalry game. You know, I, I don't know who would look ahead. You know, past that. I mean, it's such an intense game, and and. Uh, you know, particularly the the upperclassmen. So I I don't think so, but uh, I guess you never know. These games have always been emotional, but what what does it say about Jason Shelley to kind of just weather that storm and get through? Yeah, that? like I said, he's uh, unflappable. I mean, nothing nothing seems to bother him, and uh, he uh, you know has a short memory and just keeps making plays. Not that he did anything really bad, but uh, and they played good defense. You know, they had a good scheme, good plan, and kept things in front of them. Uh, we. You know, missed on some shots that we took up the field, but uh, and we couldn't get anything really consistently going in the run game like we typically do. Why was that? Well, they got a stout front seven, particularly those three inside guys. You know, they play that odd front uh, with the nose guard and the two uh, four eyes, uh, and it's tough sledding inside. They do a good job of of uh, pushing things outside, and and uh, we never got much movement on those guys. Big physical guys in there. This is the second time in three weeks that you've been able to rally in the fourth quarter and get a go-ahead touchdown late. Uh, what does it say about the resiliency of, the, of this team compared to past teams that you've been able to be successful in those type situations? Well, it says a ton about these guys, and, and just all year long. You know, like you mentioned, it was you know a couple couple weeks in a row now, or two of the last three weeks, but but. Uh, just the the entire year, they've done a great job of handling adversity. You know, obviously we're you know we dropped some ball games and we're you know we didn't handle it exactly like we should all the time. But for for the most part, uh, couldn't. I don't know if I can remember a team that has done a better job of handling, uh, you know, just slow starts and and things uh, that didn't go their way and just continue to fight through it. And it's credit to our seniors. You know, like I said that all season long, but. You know those uh, those seniors are, are uh, and they were very vocal at halftime as well. Those seniors and making sure that uh, they sent their message. Special teams struggled again today. What's what's going on there? Well, the punt game we didn't struggle except for the one kick. We had the one shank kick. You know, Mitch still averaged over forty yards a kick. I think we netted over forty. We didn't give up one punt return yard. Uh, punt return for our for us. Uh, 
the guy did a nice job of keeping the ball away from Covey or uh, putting some hang time. We only had a couple opportunities to get something going and didn't get a lot going, you know, 10 or 15 yards total. Uh, kickoff game is just almost non-existent now with the new rule. You know, they did have uh, a couple returns. Um, we had one, I believe. So, And then Matt Gay. The, the disappointing thing was the blocked field goal, and I got to watch that. And I don't know if it was a protection breakdown or if the ball was flighted too low or what, but but uh, that was disappointing to see us get that thing blocked. So I assume it's a 12-hour celebration with what's ahead Friday. Well, it might be in the office in about an hour, so we'll see. But uh, we we got to get on these guys right away. It's a short turnaround. They've got a day advantage on us. You know, They knew – after their game last night, who they were playing, so they spent all day today, I'm sure, preparing. So, so we've got to play catch up in that regard, but uh, we'll be all right. We'll we'll, we'll get caught up. What did you see from TJ Green? TJ Green, yeah, he's uh, really starting to to become a, a Pac-12 back. I mean, you know, I think he might be jumping over people a little bit too much. You know, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe a little more judicious when he decides to to go airborne, but uh, he. Yeah, he did. But he's, uh, you know, we're starting to see, it's kind of like what happened to Max Depay, you know, when he, we started to see a flicker, and then all of a sudden he just became a a, a force for us. And G, uh, TJ's not there yet, but he's starting to flicker and starting to do some good things, and, and he's just a redshirt freshman, so he's got uh, he's got great speed. You know, that's his main attribute is his speed to the edge. And so, uh, you know, he's, when uh, Moss went down, his, his uh, workload went way up. Speaking of jumping over people, what did you think of Jason Shelley's hurdle? Yeah, I, I didn't just get a good look at that because it was on the other side, but uh, looked pretty spectacular from where I was. And and then that last play, uh, I don't even know if he uh, was planning on keeping that. To be honest with you, I got to go watch the film. I haven't talked to him yet, but but uh, I was fooled. I thought he had given it. Then he was just kind of standing there, and all of a sudden he takes off. And and that was a heck of a run, you know, to avoid that last defender. And although in that situation, you guys that are really aficionados knew that you know we were head by one you take a knee on the one yard line and just try to snap it out but but they did have three timeouts left so that that's not exactly uh cut and dried but uh that's the only time where you don't want to score is if you're up one you know in that situation but but with the three timeouts and, and as it turned out i think he did the right thing three timeouts for them first half you had some trouble with containing their quarterback in the pass rush getting yeah. the second half Finally got some sacks and pressure. Yeah, he's still he's still broken contained quite a bit in the second half too. He's a he's an athletic guy, and uh, he's tough to keep caged in there. But uh, you're right in the first half he got out much more often. But still in the second half he made some big escapes and and I think we ended up getting him three times, two or three times. But but uh, he's a good athlete. You know he's got a strong arm and he and he uh, he moves well. Zach Wilson obviously had a great game for BYU. I mean, what, what made him so difficult to contain? Well, he's a, he's athletic. Like I said, he's uh, he's got some size to him. He's six what, six two, and looks like he's about a couple hundred pounds. And and he's got good pocket presence. You know, for a freshman, does a really nice job of keeping his eyes downfield. And and then uh, when he does have to escape a rush, he's got that ability too. He's got he's got great awareness. And uh, you know that's tough. You know, you got those four D linemen, and there's there's a lot of space there. And and uh, you know it's not easy to keep those guys contained. A lot of Francis Bernard tonight. Was that on purpose to get him on the field for this game specifically or because of the scheme? Personnel groupings. Yeah, he, he was the starter in a 43 package. They played a lot of 12 personnel, which is too tight stuff. And, and so every time that they were in that, almost every time we matched up with 4-3 personnel, which includes Francis. Yeah. Anything else? 
right, there yeah, it is. Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of the Utah Utes. His team defeats BYU by a score of 35-27 tonight. Cougar Nation now continues, rolls on after this. You want to join us or give us something to think about, talk about, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Mitchell Juergens upstairs. If you have something to say, share it, and we'll chat about it as we continue. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Give it a go. We'll talk to you next. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hashtag BYUCNN to get on BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now. Greg and Mark and Mitch going to cut it up for a little bit before we say goodnight from Rice Eccles Stadium where BYU lost a, uh, a very comfortable, if not insurmountable, obviously, 20-point lead in the second half to fall 35-27. to It's been so long that I don't know how long it's been. Uh, I do know this. Uh, before BYU lost to Nevada, in twenty to in twenty th- in two thousand fourteen, yeah, they had after a- leading by fifteen points at halftime, BYU had won before that moment ninety consecutive games with a fourteen point <laughs> lead or greater at halftime. That's so that takes time. you back a long, long time. And then so whenever that last last time was, it's been that long since BYU lost this kind of lead. But even then, it may not have been twenty points. BYU was up twenty with twenty minutes to go and lost tonight 35-27. Greg Grubel and Mark Lyons and Mitchell Jorgens, you just don't see games like this lost. We've never called a game like this, Mark, in which BYU lost this kind of lead ever. We just haven't done it. So it's, uh, it's, it's, so it's, that's a long time. It's a long time. And uh, how would you have expected it yet? What else would you expect? That this game would ultimately come down to a one-score decision and uh, Utah winning it eight straight, as it turns out. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. We'll talk with Mitchell Juergens in a second, but I want to throw this right into Mark's wheelhouse. Question coming in from at Old, Am- oh, at old Max Hall. Why do we never run quarterback sneaks? Mark. Why do we never play it? That's a million-dollar question. They should ask that on Jeopardy uh, because is it not Je- – no, the I want to be a millionaire, something like that. But uh, Max Hall could run quarterback sneak. And he survived. In fact, remember the bowl game when he did it on his own? It was against uh, San Diego, or were we playing? San Diego State. We were playing San Diego State. And he just took off just before halftime and ran it on his own and uh, ran it into the end zone. Uh, I think quarterback sneak is an excellent call. New Orleans does it, like, almost every time. And they know it's coming. And they still are. They got a great center that just fires out and drives up there a yard, and he follows him right into the hole and gets a first down. I know that Utah's got a great rush defense, but you simply can't concede that we can't make a yard on third and one or third and two. Now the the, the goal line defense is a little bit different because goal line defense, your two defensive tackles are usually in the inside gap or inside, certainly on the inside shoulder of the two guards. So their job is to pinch and make sure that quarterback doesn't do that. But out in the field, every time those tackles are head up on the guards, the, the, the quarterback's going to make a yard. It's the linebacker coming up to fill that's going to try and make the play, and you're going to make a yard every time. We didn't talk enough about the Austin Confenses play. For all the heat uh, being brought to certain elements of BYU's offensive uh, design tonight, that fourth and goal play that brought in Austin Confensis was a heck of a call because I hadn't seen him on the field yet this year on offense, I don't think. And it was very curious to me because uh, when they didn't make it on third and goal 
and they brought in like 10 new players. I felt it was field goal unit coming in, but then the only guy missing was Skylar Southam. And then before you know it, they're lining up for a snap, and Hadley takes a handoff, and BYU scores, and life is good again. Mitch, having brought, joined us up here in the, uh, in the press box, first of all, your thought on that play, and then why it all went away for BYU. Yeah, I mean, what, a, what an amazing call um, on that play. And, and what's great is after they scored that touchdown on that trick play, the energy on the sideline was just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it was back to how they felt. You know, they went down with the pick six, but they came back. Where, when this was the yeah. this was the 27 or 20? That was the 27. The, yep, this is the 27. 27. So they, they came back after the, after the pick six. They got the touchdown, and the energy was back. And, and what's cool about trick plays is – they, I don't know how many times they practice that situation um, and practice that play in practice. And and when you know when you're in that situation, and then you hear the coach call the trick play, whatever it was called. You know, guys kind of get on the edge of their toes. They're like, "Hey, this is the play. Everyone, watch! Yeah, like, this is something cool is going to happen. Let's hope it works." Yeah. <laughs> and when it worked, I mean, that's just a, a huge motivation factor. And and at that point, after the pick six, I just thought BYU had it. You know, they they got the momentum back and. They were going to run with it, yeah. Um, and and so it was a great play at that time to get momentum back. But unfortunately, they just couldn't capitalize and from that finish moment on. From that moment, yep. And BYU and I, I mentioned how they led by twenty with twenty minutes to go. They actually led by twenty with sixteen minutes to go. If you want to get down right to it, Utah scored in the final minute of the third Quit quarter. It. Quit it! You're killing me with that stuff. Just, it, just I, I have you know the only way to to get past it is to confront it. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kalani explained it, by the way, um, uh, he explained it in a way that uh, I, I thought was worthy of uh, justification when I asked about the third and nine call early in the fourth quarter. I joke about the football gods the way people think that jinxes exist. Okay, so so I know I don't believe in the football gods, and no, you shouldn't believe in jinxes on tweets or other stuff. But that said, when BYU ran safely on third and nine from its own 26 early in the fourth quarter when I felt things were starting to slip away. Momentum I, I, was changing. I, I had a pit in my stomach. I, I just didn't feel good about that approach at that moment. Um, it just sent to me a message that they're kind of playing not to lose right here. And, um, again, it's one play of 70 they ran, uh, 76 to be precise. But uh, I just had a weird feeling at that point that what was starting was going to be the snowball that, that got bigger and bigger. And BYU never got momentum back. And that was a component, not the play that mattered, the the, the, the decision, or, or rather the deal-sealing play in the game. But that particular play sent to me, if I'm reading too much into it, so be it, a message that we don't quite trust what we are trying to do to keep a lead or, or score again. Now, Kalani's explanation was... Based on what they thought Utah was going to do defensively, there was a chance to pop it. And that Riley Burt could have popped it on third and nine. He got four as it turned out BYU punted. But then when you compound it with a 15-yard punt, it goes from bad to worse. Yeah. And so things were slipping, and you give them a 15-yard punt, and they score immediately on the touchdown. And now it's a whole new ball game. It's a one-score game, and things kept slipping. So in the scouting report, uh, you get every video that the opponent has, and they have people that are employed to record every one of those defenses in down-and-distance situations. Every tendency. And so all of those tendencies uh, give you some concept of uh, what things have happened in the past and what you might see in the future. And so when he was saying, we expected that they might come in that uh, inside blitz, and if they did so, and you seal off that inside linebacker, then there's nobody to handle that that running back. 
Uh, I do wish they had a lead blocker on some of those. I, they have that double team with the wing, and they try and bring the wing down and get a block inside, but it's not a good angle for him. And uh, I, I felt as though – so on the touchdown that we're talking about where uh, Kofensis was in and gave it to Hadley, the third back that was back there, he was the lead blocker, went through the gap, and uh, Hadley followed him into the end zone standing up. So uh, when you have that lead blocker in that kind of a defense, it gives you one more chance to blow somebody down. And and El Bakri just you know he just does that. He moves people around. But regarding that one play, the third and nine I just talked about, uh, yeah. it, it was less about what BYU did on third and nine or third and ten or third and eleven <laughs> because actually BYU was a perfect three for three on third and ten or longer tonight. It was the third and ones and third and twos, and and I will I will continue to maintain that the reason BYU lost this game was the inability to extend drives when they needed a yard or two yards. Um, that those are six drives of which you extended only two on third and two or shorter. And BYU had been very good this season on third and two or shorter, and on third and one, excellent, at least very uh, good enough to expect to be better than they were tonight. So, just in in an argument, what's that? Well, anyway, just to offer an argument to you, on third and two, wanna, they did I wanna, throw. I don't want to argue I know. With you. I'm just bringing up another point. And I don't care whether just, you throw it. I want you to be relaxed right, a little I, bit about that third no, and but nine I'm just call. saying I don't care whether you throw it or run it on third and two or third and one as long as you make the yard or two. Yeah, I see. Yeah, well, they, they did call on a third and two. They threw, uh, I thought, uh, a pass that wasn't going to have much chance to give them uh, the first down. Whereas then I thought then on fourth down they didn't make it on the run. I, I thought that should have been in the reverse order. It should have run on third. Third and two resulted in the pick six. The one throw on third and two was the pick six for the yeah. touchdown. BYU just for the record um, had not thrown a pass all season on third down and one, and I don't think they threw a pass tonight on on third down and one. Oh, beg your pardon, they did. Yeah, they were incomplete. Yeah, that's right too. There's another one. So they threw a low percentage pass to Neil Pau that was incomplete. That was the first time this year they attempted a pass on third and one. The first time this year they attempted a pass on third and one. That's the one I'm talking about. Okay, so it was third and one, not two. So third and one. So a team that had been 14, rather beg your pardon, 11 for 14 on third down and ones, all of them runs this season, was two for five on third downs tonight, third and ones, including their first pass attempt on third and one all year. So, anyway, third and shorts were the killer tonight. And the pick six is a killer tonight. And the short punts are a killer tonight. And the loss of field position is a killer tonight. And um, that's yeah. what you'll come down to. Yeah. All right, uh, break time. Hashtag BYUCNN on, you know, I should probably, uh, we, we did get into the quarterback sneak thing for a second, but I should probably uh, uh, hit something else before we hit the break on hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Uh, Kalani's record right now is 19-19. Uh, and 19. And at Scott underscore N underscore Tears uh, has a question about um, uh, contracts and extensions. Um, Kalani, I believe, has one more year on his deal, right? Is that correct? Uh, The next season coming up is the next year, is the final year on his contract, I do believe. Okay. I don't know what's traditional for when the extension gets offered or when you actually uh, make a move on that. Uh, What are your thoughts about What's uh, protocol, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, and uh, um, so coaches that have only one year left and they're on that one year, they do have some challenge in recruiting. 
because uh, players that are uh, anticipating where they're going to go would like to know that the coach that's going to give them their scholarship is going to be the guy that's going to keep them there all along. And so uh, th- there is that one little bit of concern as to why it might be somewhat of a complication if uh, if you only have one year left on your contract and the, the future is, you know, in the gray area. So that's one reason why you would probably like to make a change and give him more years if that's your plan to do so. If it's not your plan to do so, then it does challenge recruiting a little bit. Uh, it was asked what's Kalani's record against the regional rivals, Utah State, U of U, and Boise State. I think it's one and nine or one and ten right now. There was one win over Boise State at home, correct? In that was well, the Mitchell's that, was the last one. No, that no, no, it was one, one over. Sorry, win over Utah State in 2016. That's the one yeah. win. So they've got one win over Utah State. Every other game against Utah, Utah State, and Boise State's been a loss. Unfortunately, those are the games that Kalani puts a lot of focus on. The regional games, the games you've got to win. Yes. 19 and 19. Yes, correct. That's, a, That's my record in broadcasting BYU Utah games. So it's pretty good. So you finished 500. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell I tell people all the time that I want Kalani to win games because I, I think he's a wonderful guy and coach and embodies everything BYU uh, should want a coach to represent. So I just want him to succeed for that reason. I'm a Kalani fan for that reason. I want him to win a lot and stay as long as BYU will keep him. Um, and it's interesting that he's now gone nine and four, four and nine, six and six. So a pretty good season. A pretty rough season and a season right in the middle. That's the other thing that I'm mad about. At the start of the year, I thought six was going to be their wins. If I would have said eight, we probably would have had eight wins. Whatever I said at the start of the year, since I don't believe in those hexes. Right. But I said six, so there it is. It ended up six. So you set the course. Oh, man. I'm next. Oh, shoot. So again, just to repeat, the football gods don't exist. The tweet jinxes don't exist. Yeah, yeah. And it all happens on the field. Yeah. All right. Hey, this season, BYU football <laughs> and the Mountain America. But what Mark says actually does determine the future. <laughs> this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal that BYU makes, Mountain America donating $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. And sadly, no money tonight because there were no field goal tries for BYU and only one for Utah and it was blocked. So this game saw no field goals. It was all touchdowns in this one. And the last four came in the final 16 minutes. BYU did give up, Mark, sorry to say it, a 20-point lead in 16 minutes to lose 35-27. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Back with more after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Mitchell Jurgens here in the press box, our cozy, comfy little press box broadcast booth here at uh, Rice Cycle Stadium. Uh, Mitchell made a comment off the air that I thought was a, a good on the air comment. And uh, Mitch, this has been it's as much as people you know try and say, oh, this season wasn't as bad as other seasons with injuries. I think it was as bad as any season with injuries. BYU lost a lot of key people all season and again tonight. Yeah, I mean, you even go back to the very beginning of the season. One of the our top receiving target at the beginning of the season was Moroni, Lupututau, and he was he was out early. Um, guy stepped up. But tonight, especially with with uh, Matt Hadley going down, um, I mean, he's just he's. You're already minus Katoa in Canada. I, exactly. No Romney as well. Exactly. And when and and so when Hadley went out, I mean, that, that's a guy who, the last every single week, he's just. I mean, he's looked yeah. like he's been playing running back his whole college career. 
And and that one just, I, I think more than just physical talent, that was almost a mental blow that the offense took knowing, shoot, you know, our, our senior running back is out. How are we going to cope with him being out? And then I, I felt like the offense kind of changed um, with him out. And then and then you go to the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, obviously Corbin came back and was fighting through injury. Um, but when Isaiah went out and couldn't return, I think that delivered a huge blow. Yeah. Um, he's been so consistent all year and with big stops, big tackles. Um, he covers so well down the field as well. And, and it, it was just the injuries did not help BYU at all Shelton. tonight. And, yep, and, I mean, there's just so many guys, key players that – and they they played with their heart, and that's you know that's why they went down. They were just giving it all they had, and and, and unfortunately the injuries tonight, um, kind of the next man up policy just didn't play in BYU's favor. Yeah, it's been a rough year, and was a rough night relative to attrition tonight, no doubt. Uh, let's give away two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today, and here we go. It'll be a hashtag BYUCNN. The first correct answer in using that hashtag will win the two half gallons of ice cream, and I'll get your uh, details online and make sure that uh, we get them to you. So this now makes it to 18 one-score decisions. If you say one score, eight points. It yeah, counts, right? I, I can okay. do it. Yeah, I can do that. So that's now 18 one-score decisions or single-digit decisions, certainly in the last 21 games between BYU and Utah. So the three games that got away all belonged to Utah, and the other 18 were all very close. So three blowouts for Utah, 18 close games. Question, in what year did BYU last defeat Utah by more than a single score? In what year did BYU last defeat Utah by more than a single score? You give us the correct year, and the first answer tweeted in using hashtag BYUCNN will win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. We'll come back with a winner. And a so long for all y'all after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final score tonight to Utah 35 and BYU 27. And my, how this game changed and in a hurry. BYU's uh, 20-point lead uh, went away in a jiff. It was uh, BYU 27-7 in the final minute of the third quarter when Samson Nakua caught a pass from Jason Shelley, made it 27-14, and then they were rolling. 21 more third, uh, fourth quarter points, and Utah comes all the way back for the win. Before the break, we gave you a skill-testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. And we have a winner, and we have an answer. We have a lot of answers and a lot of correct answers, but the first one in is Brian Blanche. And so on my phone, it says he was first to say, well, first of all, I'll give you the question again. Oh, yeah. In what year did BYU last defeat Utah by more than a single score? And, Mark, you know that the year was? 1996. 1996. Do you remember the score? Uh, 37 to 17. or Yep. Oh, was, a 20-point win. Was it was 37 to 17. It was a 20-point win. The, and was the that tw- Chad, Chad Lewis' 96? Sure. Yeah. Tula Mealy, sure, all those guys. Yeah, Tula Mealy. So, yeah, so it was a 20-point uh, a win, and tonight it was a 20-point lead lost for BYU. You know, you're talking about this uh, change in the second half, and I'm, I'm going to hope that uh, Mitchell backs me up on this, but uh, as a coach. Why wouldn't I back you up? Uh, you would. Also. You, you will. <laughs> all right. I've got your back. Yeah, because it's two-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, as a coach, when your football team, for some reason, isn't ready to play that day, 
Man, you you can slap them around, and uh, I did never do that. No, part. no, you wouldn't ever physically. I did never uh, physically no, do no. that, but Bobby Knight probably did. But uh, it's hard to get them to change their attitude and get out there and perform. For some reason, they've come out in this lackadaisical performance day, and it's ho. Oh, it's so hard to motivate them to get them all back on track. You can get two or three, but it's hard to get all eleven. And when uh, Coach Whittingham said. Uh, they kind of unified together. The offense and the defense kind of committed themselves all together. If you can get every, you know, you can get four or five guys to all of a sudden say, okay, let's do it. But there's still some guys that are having a hard time making that change. And for them to come out and make that uh, attitude change to the point where they were focused and they were inspired and they improved their ability to play, uh, that's that's unusual. That's unusual for that to happen. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, do you back him up on that? I do, and yeah. and part of the what I witnessed today, um, part of that momentum shift was, I mean, this this crowd was was pretty impressive. Um, even I mean, when BYU went up, you know, they kind of deflated a little bit, but every time there was a little bit of hope and. They yeah. they didn't they didn't cease to get loud on third downs even when they were down twenty to zero and twenty seven to seven. I mean this crowd really backed them up and provided the energy to a lot of these players that might not have found it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they were impressive. Um, after the game, I heard um, over the loudspeaker as I was you know walking back to the the post game press conference room and and. I think Kyle Whittingham was just thanking all the fans for staying in it, and and they all roared when he said that. And you know, it's it's just they, they've got a great little culture here, um, and, and it provided a lot of energy to to those players and and coaches. And um, it was just unfortunate that BYU couldn't come here and, and steal a victory, which in most people's eyes and, and what they saw was yeah. pretty. It was given to him at the beginning of the game. Most so, all of the things that I wanted to see. I saw in the first quarter and the first half. The fast start, mm-hmm. the halftime lead, the rushing production, uh, Zach Wilson making plays with his arms. And his life. Everything I wanted to see, I saw in to a great extent in the first half. And then it all went away. It's just the most stu- – I, I, we've called so many of these different games, the, these Utah games. And, and, again, you can't pick out the one that, 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 that is more crushing than the other. But I, I, don't, I don't remember that I saw a game that, that flipped so drastically – in such a short period of time and irrevocably toward one side. So, Greg, when you're running the marathon and you're thinking, oh, man, I just don't have it. Oh, I'm not going to. How do you kick yourself in the butt and get going? Well, I just, well, you know you're not going to quit. Yeah. You know you're going to finish. Yeah. So you finish. Yeah, there you go. So you get your mind right. Got to. Got to get your mind right. Well, I've never, I've never, I've never entered a race and not finished it. It's just not it's yeah. something you, I mean, unless I was, you know, dra- you know, dreadfully injured, you'd finish every race you run. Let me throw one more thing out there that I was quite impressed with in this game. I thought uh, that Britton Covey is one of their best weapons, and man alive, he, he, what do you have, 12 yards catching? Nine. And, I think it was, nine no, yards was catching. Nine? Uh, he had one Ended mini, up with four catches for nine yards. Yep, nine one yards. mini return. He did not have an impact in the game. Did not. Zach Wilson had a big impact in the game. Led BYU in rushing. And, of course, threw for 204 with a couple of touchdowns. His passer rating was just south of 150. Kind of a magic number as well. Uh, disappointing punt numbers. Uh, seven punts for 34.6 yards. And uh, I, I harp so much on field position and what it means to BYU. And 
uh, those punts, including not just the shank but number of short punts, um, hurt BYU in the field position game. Uh, missed extra point, looked like it would loom large and was a factor, even though it finishes a, a, an eight-point game. It was a factor for a lot of the game. And, um, you know, again, everybody will be able to say they weren't sh- they weren't as sharp as they needed to be. But, man, when Utah got going uh, late third quarter into the fourth, BYU was, was just not getting stops. They weren't getting stops on third and short. They weren't getting stops on fourth and short. Yeah, two and times they had opportunities to stop those yep, the, drives. The, the game was there to be won. There was yeah. a chance. There was a fourth and one on which BYU could have won the game with a stop. They vacated Shelley. They direct snapped it and got the got two needing one, and uh, Utah prolonged the drive. The chances were there, as they were all night, to win this one. And uh, again, if you you know the the, the fatalist says, if you're not going to beat Utah leading twenty nothing late in, or leading by twenty late in the third, when are you going to beat? When are you going to do it? Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, some might say you know that that that's less fatalism and more realism. But uh, either way, uh, BYU had played well enough to control. Um, a, a good 25 to, you know, roughly 25 minutes of this game tonight. Yeah, and, and to add one comment, I actually wanted to go back to what Mark was saying about Britton Covey. Um, so, I mean, this just goes to show you that there's you can't just stop one player to stop a team. Yeah. And, and I would be, you know, interested to know, I mean, I know for a fact that the defensive, part of the defensive game plan was to shut down Britton Covey, and if you shut down Britton Covey, you have a good chance at winning the game. But it's not the chance to win the game um, just because you stop one player. And it was proven tonight. I mean, he did not. 18 total yards because I think he had a rush for nine yards. Um, just 18 total yards, and and he was not a factor, but they still won the game. Um, there's a lot of weapons in college football, in Division One football, and you can't just key in on one player and say, if we stop this guy, then we win the game. So. Or if we win this quarter or quarters, because BYU, um, you know, I said 25, more than 25. They, they, they really controlled for almost 45 minutes. They had, they, they, they had the better, longer stretches of this game. Um, and Utah ultimately made uh, more important plays in a shorter span of time to score the points they needed to win this game. It'll, it'll hurt for a long time for these players and coaches, and it'll, it'll go down as one they had and lost. Uh, they just let it slip, and it slipped hard on BYU tonight. Tough one indeed. All right, uh, Mark, a little closing comment from you before we uh, say so long for tonight. It's a long time before we get to see each other again. It'll be a couple weeks. Oh, we're going out to dinner? No, I'm saying it's a bowl game in a couple weeks. (laughs) A couple weeks it is? Well, three. Oh, all right. I mean, that's not too bad. As soon as three, maybe four. Two buys? Yeah, it's two buys. Yeah. So, um, man alive, yeah, it's uh, it's just as hard for everybody that uh, has a desire for BYU to win football games. And uh, certainly I was impressed with the way they played to begin the game. I was impressed how they made that final drive the score. And uh, I was impressed that Utah was able to overpower BYU so badly in the final phases of the football game. And I really felt as though that was the... The key, rather than maybe uh, BYU's failure, it was more of uh, Utah uh, getting back into uh, making the plays they had to make. Eight straight on the strength of 28 straight. straight. Eight straight rivalry wins on 28 straight points tonight to end the game. It was 27-7. It ended up 35-27 the other way. Mitchell Juergens, final thought from you before we uh, adjourn to reconvene at, at bowl destination to be determined. Yeah, to end on a, a positive note, um, in the post-game press conference, I, I heard Micah Simon allude to it, and a, a, as well as Kalani, 
Um, you know, we're not into moral victories. Uh, moral victories are, um, I mean, it's it, y- there's no really moral victory when it comes to uh, BYU football because you want the wins and you know you want the wins in the win column. Um, but when you do look at this performance and, and you look at how they played tonight, um, they're improving, um, and we kind of have seen that throughout the season. Guys are getting better. Um, uh, young guys are getting more experience. Um, and, and so there is improvement there. Um, and, and you look at Utah's team, number 17 in the country. They won the yeah. Pac-12 South. Yeah, they're a good team. They, you know, they're going to have a chance at getting, you know, to the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl with a win against Washington. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you put those pieces together. This was a, it was a good, hard-fought game. Um, and, and so there's my positive spin, but y- you can't drop a 20-point lead twice and and that's when I mean this is going to sting for a while for the players and coaches and um, I, I know they can't wait till 2019 to get a shot at them again. Well, in so many ways, it was BYU and Utah um, embodied. It was everything that you come to expect <laughs> in this rivalry once again, one way or the other. Uh, thanks to all those who tuned in tonight with us. Appreciate you being out there, Cougar Nation. And our thanks to the folks back at BYU Radio, Nathan Israelson, uh, Terry South, Intern Sterling, GM Don Shaline, Engineers Randy Bateman, and Sean Fay, our Traffic Manager Sean O'Neill. Our crew here at Rice Eccles, our engineer Barry Squires, Engineer Assistant, Intern Blake McMullen, Statistician Ralph Sokolowski, Spotter McKay Perry. Appreciation to everybody. And for Mitch and for Mark, my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score, 35-27, Utah over BYU. So our next time we'll be with you will be our final time of the season. BYU goes bowling somewhere, we hope, we presume. Yep, we now, we, we say that knowing that there, they are, are, eligible. There, there, are, there are already more eligible teams than there are bowl spots um, available. So someone's going to get left home. We just hope it's not BYU, and we would expect it not to be BYU, but nothing's guaranteed till it's locked in. I think their performance today is going to be encouraging to bold choosers. Yeah, so we would, we would anticipate BYU getting a postseason destination a week from tomorrow. So we'll expect to see you again. And on that note, I'll say in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Salt Lake City. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.